Hey everybody, welcome to Swedenborgian Life Live. Really glad to have you here. Today we're going to be asking, what does it mean? <laughs> That's right, it's not going to be that bad. What does it mean <laughs> to be born, I appreciate you sort of up in the drama. What does it mean <laughs> to be born of water and the spirit? I'm Curtis. I'll be oh, your host. That, that's, yeah. Haven't you asked yourself that? I'm Curtis. Yeah. I'll be your host. Over here to my left is Dr. Jonathan Rose, series hey, editor of the New Century Edition Works of Emanuel Swedenborg. And it's great to have you here because be no other person you'd rather have if you're trying to answer a question like this than Dr. Jonathan Rose. Hey, if you guys are enjoying this kind of stuff, there's no other audience we'd rather have than you. Please like and subscribe to show uh, that you like what we're doing and that you're serious about helping us spread on social media. Click the bell if you did subscribe, or else you may never know what, what we uh, release next. So we also want you to like give us some ideas for the elevator pitch. This is a oh. segment later in the show uh, where we will actually be having to, having never seen what you submit to us, uh, answer something on the fly. We have one minute to explain a Swedenborg-related subject. So uh, some slice of his worldview, mm. what's up with something? Put those in the chat, we'll answer them. And, uh, and, and this then, is live, right? Oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a train wreck. Okay. So this, this show, what we'd like to do on Swedenborg Life Live is respond to you. And what we've done in this show is the subject, what does it mean to be born of water and spirit, came from a question that we got from one of you on a show about questions being answered. <laughs> But I think we didn't answer this one, so we want to address it here today. The question was as follows. Mark Seafeld asks, what does it mean to be born of water and spirit? Okay, mm. we stole the title from your question. We're sorry. And that's a legitimate question because this is something that you may have seen floating around Christianity, right? Being born yeah. of water and spirit. But the principles we're going to uncover behind it are applicable to everyone, everywhere, all the mm. time which is the, uh, the Swedenborg experience. Isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, right. that's right. Uh, you ready? Okay, ready. If you're all ready, then let's begin the first phase where we start to take our minds off of whatever you're worried about today that won't, won't matter in five years, or maybe it will, even if it will, uh, and, and think towards, okay, what's going on behind the scenes? Yeah. And what can we learn that, that does set us free? So we're going to begin that through a little exercise we call Icebreaker. Okay, this is a part of the show that we do and you do it as well. So we're going to be answering a question and we want to hear your answers as well. Type them into the chat if you're watching live and we'll compile them for the end of the show. If you're watching this after the fact, we still want to hear your take on it in the comments so that we can, maybe you get something that we don't get about it. And this is, uh, this is also the, the, prince of the prism sort of principle. That this is, if there's something that's true, um, everyone's going to have a different a little part of that they bend out That's and bring to life. That's a great image. I like that. I, I know I didn't make that up. People have talked about prisms before, haven't they? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> thanks, man. This is okay. Here's the question. I would, I'd okay. love to get your thoughts right. on it first. So uh, the question is as follows: Is there a particular concept or practice that has helped you bring you into a more spiritual phase of life? Yeah, that's a good one. And I would have to say, in my case, it was a a, a couple. Of practices that yeah. really I'd been exposed to a lot of these concepts and so on so I had a lot of this stuff in my mind what do you okay what's spiritual mean to you well that's a great that's a great question I would say sort of having that deeper yeah kind of uh, it passes through the material world it's yeah. sort of supernatural in some sense a perspective yeah. and also um, Higher love, as they say in the song, sometimes mm -hmm, a, a mm -hmm, deeper mm -hmm. interest and so on. It, it's just that that um, higher perspective. Okay, so well, yeah, you said you were saying uh, some practices and ideas. Yeah, there were a couple of practices. Uh, one was just simply uh, setting aside some time for meditation, for kind of a quiet yeah. time of reflection and so on. And I found that it would be more and more it developed to be sort of a time of peace that I would have, and then the rest of my life would be pretty chaotic and full of negative emotion. But that would be a little piece of peace. And then bit by bit, it's like it crumbled at the edges and the peace started to leak out into the rest of my life. The other thing was, was the practice of repentance, trying to do some, you know, a couple of times a year, go through repentance. And boy, that, that really changed my perspective and kind of made it real for me. So that's like the particular um, Swedenborg describes this process. Go, go in like, like just like that. You mean repentance, like, like episodic repentance? Yeah, right, right. And it uh, there again, that sort of comes into your daily life. But it would be 
trying to examine myself and see, okay, where did I fall short, especially yeah. of particular rules in the Ten Commandments or something, and trying to examine it, apply it to my life, and then try to do better after yeah. that and pray for help and all that. So. That's cool. Um, How about you? Particular concept or practice that has helped bring you into a more spiritual phase of life. Well, I mean, the one that I like, the easy one for me to talk about is, um, you know, it boils down to don't, don't be possessive of what's going through your mind. So to look critically at y your contents of your consciousness mm. where... Like don't stamp it with your own name kind like, of thing. Like it's so I thought, so this thing occurred to me and it seemed true. Like here's some, here's a commentary on what your life has meant so far. Well, it felt like it was true at the time, but just to know that uh, just because it feels true and, and sounded like it could be, um, <clears throat> there's no guarantee that, that that could just that could just be nothing. That could just be coming out. Because Swedenborg described this whole stacking of consciousness yeah. that's got that's hell right. in it as well as heaven, and that, that really we are sort of born awash in falsity, and that this, you know, the process of enlightenment or whatever is getting out, you know, sort of seeing above that. So for me to be able, like, I'm going to, I've heard that, and now the actual things that, that feel like they're me and kind of tug on that heartstring to say, yeah, like, um, we'll see. We'll see if that's true. Um, that, I think, both, to try to do that both when something attacked me, but then also when it was something that was, you know, sort of st uh, stoking these negative tendencies in me you're talking about, that, I feel like that's where the rubbers met the road most for me. And that seems like sort of a combination of a concept, but then a practice that you would do with that concept. It's sort of both. That was the big, right? that was the big turning point for me with, uh, with Swedenborg stuff. And I remember I, my mom had got me shiny new NCE, Seekers of Heaven. And I remember at one point, like having some kind of, I think I was even outside, like on a swing set, but it was after dark and, and just like, or maybe at the top of a road, I can't remember, but really being like, feeling like, oh no, this is having some breakthrough of like, one of many, but like this, oh, this is about what's happening right now, right now. Like I've got through the jargon and the, the stuff that seems Sweet. like it's talking about something, else. but this is describing how, how I think and feel right in this moment. And it w I guess probably that's more dramatic. It was more probably a longer process, but definitely that was when something was real. So there you go. Oh, we want to hear for you guys, you know, you know w w however you interpret the question and whatever answer you want to give, we want to hear from you because man, is it fun to hear how other people metabolize stuff. And, and you get these gems that we pick out every time. That's and right. I can load into mine and be part of my next practice. Okay. So we've got that. We've got our mind. Great. It's always a mystery. What does this have to do with the title of this show? Yeah, I know. But I know. we always seem to resolve it pretty well. So looking forward to how, see how this one does that. Let's move now into we've got to find out what does it mean to be born again from water and the spirit. And to get there, we've got to get set up right, which is exactly what we're going to do here. We're going to start to start the setup is that um, the birth of anything that's going to thrive and function has to have two elements or well, two elements that we're going to pick out okay. here today and we've got don't worry we've got overlays for you of them. so the first part of that uh, that, that makes it happen is it's got something has to have information ah right and then we've also got to have putting the information into action Oh, yes, right. So rather mm. than, so let's show how we feel like that applies. Uh, th I'll, give you, right. I'll give you an example. How there's a distinction between those two. And, yeah, right. and where does this actually show up in real life? So, so uh, initial one that I like is you could talk about biological stuff. Particularly, okay. let's talk about DNA, you know, that spinny thing on the left. We were told there's a, that stuff coiled up a teeny little, it's such, so small that it's like three feet long in each cell or something crazy like that. Six feet, I was told, yeah. Right. Man, it keeps going right. up. Yeah. Uh, so, so you've then got, but those little bars in the middle, because of their molecular composition or whatever, have information in them. <laughs> and because there's information, and that's just p potential in the DNA, but as soon as it's put into action and RNA comes and copies it and whatever else happens, Proteins get expressed or yeah, something, right. Whatever, whatever happens. <laughs> it could be. Uh, the, out of that, this little spinny thing can come. Stuff as diverse as a baby or a baby penguin or a baby plant. It's all going to be a baby something. But <laughs> so yeah. There you right. have information on the left 
and the action that comes th from it on the right. Then it gets right. And there's a whole lot of discussion in, in um, you know, DNA research about how, what turns the switch on, yeah. you know, and when and all that right, stuff. Right. Or to pick another example, uh, let's, say, let's talk about skills. Every skill that's born starts with just sheer information. You know, there's musical notes or there's an equation there, but then it comes alive when it's put into practice. And I've realized this is, this is just really, really mm. true that you have to go through kind of cutting your teeth on this very cerebral uh, counting. It's, oh, how, how long is this note and all that yeah. before it really turns into music. So when you, when you put that into action, that's when it turns into music. That's when it turns into research and knowledge yeah. and everything. Right, and you get sort of move into that you know, picture, someone who gets really good at the violin, they're just doing it by feel. But you couldn't get there right. without the initial application yeah. of The eyes of are closed, you're just yeah. going for it. So then also think about uh, business startups. You know, if you're, if you're beginning something that hasn't existed before, at first it's information and it's planning. Like we have an idea, we're gonna start our bakery over here. And this is how we're going to potentially, mm. this is who we're going to bring in to do this. This is what we're going to sell. This is the location we want. It's all information. Then that comes alive. When you put it into action, you open the doors. And I've been involved in things like that where, okay, we think this is how it's going to go. And we're, we're planned. And then here's when it's really happening. And I was just watching this amazing show um, about um, the, the Curiosity rover, you know, on Mars. Okay and how NASA built that thing, and there is just so much of this info and planning. Just huge teams designing these, the, the, taking materials and putting them into the most complex, most impressive configurations you can possibly imagine, mm. te testing all these different scenarios and making sure it can withstand things, and then you have these, like, years later, it's actually landing on Mars, and is it going to make it through the atmosphere? That's when it really becomes what yeah. all this, that's like that on an extreme scale. The fulfillment scale. of it, yeah, years okay. later and everything. So we've got that in life. And it's interesting that uh, sometimes, I don't know if you have the same experience, but sometimes I've thought of um, spiritual things as just sort of simplistic or there's not much to it. Right. But actually, the spiritual is probably more complex than these earthly examples. And so the Bible talks about this spiritual rebirth in John chapter 3. Here's what that looks like. Jesus replied, he's talking to Nicodemus, the Pharisee, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Okay, so the context here is how do you get in? How do you make heaven? What, heaven. What's salvation right. about and okay. everything, right? And so, so Jesus is giving some clues, but they're kind of hard to read. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Well, what does that mean? And then he goes on, dot, dot, dot. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter. There's the key, right? Enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the Spirit. This is exactly where this question okay. comes from, what it's alluding to, right? And then Jesus adds an interesting little tag at the end there. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit, kind of implying that there's a, there's a fleshly way to go about this and then there's a spiritual way to go about it that has different results. And more on the, the flesh in a little bit, but it's anything right. that says you can't get into the kingdom of God without this without is worth... X and Y. Yeah. You sort of, especially there's only two things mentioned. Yeah, but <laughs> Let's make sure we nail those too, right? But to be born again, there's a confusing aspect, which is you have to be born again by those things. And also, one aspect is, w who doesn't have water? There's well, your body, 70% water. It's pretty abundant, yeah. Okay, so first let's pick apart what, what this born again means. And that's a phrase that's obviously had a big impact in Christianity, particularly with the ways, some of the ways it's practiced in the current era. Uh, this, in Apocalypse Explained, Apocalypse Explained 419, we get, to be born again means to be regenerated. So we've gone, we, we've, t we've um, term swapped. Instead yes, of born, born again, that's right. we're now regenerated. <laughs> but if you are familiar at all with Swedenborg, you know, oh, regeneration. That, that's a big theme throughout all of his works. But let's unpack a little more about what regeneration yeah, is. Yeah, let's get into a little more detail on that. Here's another passage from Apocalypse Explained 7.10. A person who is being regenerated, so this is a kind of ongoing process, yeah. is, so to speak, 
Uh, now he's going to blow your mind a little bit, and he warns you a little bit with that, so to speak. <laughs> Conceived, carried in the womb, and born, quote unquote. And this rebirth is accomplished by, drum roll please, truth that springs from a loving goodness. Okay. So, in the spiritual sense, carry in the womb means the teaching made up of the truth that comes from a loving goodness. Taken together, everything in a human corresponds with all of heaven, and the womb or uterus, centrally located, corresponds with the deepest kind of loving goodness. You earlier were talking about mm. spiritual stuff isn't really as complex as physical stuff, and the, here you go from being carried in the womb, which seems like such a complex, living, dramatic, Ooh. dynamic thing. Yes, right. To, like just the structure and the, the realness of that and the mystery and the majesty and the beauty to like the truth and the goodness. So <laughs> whatever that truth and goodness can are doing, you have to take it out of those, you know, inanimate or... or Abstract or... And put it into, okay, this is something that's the spiritual equivalent, really the spiritual equivalent of being carried in the, the womb. With as, presumably as many stages or more, I mean, there's a lot to it. It's not a simple or quick process. And if you want to see us dig into that correspondence a little bit more, we did a show, we did a show on everything. Uh, regeneration, how <laughs> radical love is born. This is following like the, the, the gestation process through oh, right. how does that parallel our spiritual growth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what mm. about water and spirit? So if that's what being born again is. If it's this spiritual process that happens to us that's as significant as physical birth was right. to us, which is pretty significant. What about the water and spirit? Why you don't say like you have to be born? You be born like this. You just born. So what? What is this water and spirit? And what do they mean? Here's a couple. Yeah, of, we got we got three passages, yeah. I guess. Here, right? We've got uh, Apocalypse revealed number fifty of water. He's directly quoting this passage. Right. Swedenborg cares about this passage. Of water means symbolically by truths. Mm -hmm. You would think it would mean by water, and but he doesn't. He sort of spiritualizes it right there. If you're right? watching the show for the first time, you're saying to yourself, e "Okay, I'll just say that this means this, and I'll just say okay, that an whatever. elephant means a hat." But this thing of water and truth being a correspondence everywhere in Swedenborg. Very Everywhere. He's talking about this is why you, you drink water, this is why you wash with water. The, there's a direct parallel in everything spiritual between truth and water. So you're not seeing this if you go through Swedenborg as, oh, he's just making something up to deal with this particular quote. This oh, is no. something he laid out way back in the beginning. Universal. Yeah. So of water means symbolically by truths, and of the spirit, the other piece of the equation, means symbolically by a life in accordance with them, meaning the truth, right. the aforementioned okay. truth. So of the spirit. So these are two things. You need to live by truth. I mean, you need to have truth, yeah. and then you need to live by them. That's okay. how you enter the kingdom of heaven. Two parts. Okay. Well, let's look at another one. True Christianity 572. He's dealing with it again. This is a, written at a very different time than sure. that last quote, yeah. you know, over 20 years later. To be born of water and the Spirit means to be born of truths related to faith, A, and B, of a life lived by those truths. Same kind of pairing. Same type of deal. Over 20 years later, he's explaining the same passage in much the same kind of way. Right. And here's back to Secrets of Heaven again. Uh, I'm sorry, I thought that was another book before. That was only six years earlier. But <laughs> The Secrets of Heaven 8043, which is earlier, water symbolizes faith with its truth. So there's truth again associated with water. Yep. And spirit symbolizes neighborly love, interesting phrase, with yeah. its goodness. At times mm. it seems like you always have this duality of goodness and truth. At times it seems he describes it as a truth is an idea, and a good is that idea acted on. And he seems right. to be comparing it there to that. Yeah, and so the the kind of the bottom line there, to my mind, is that um, how you enter what Jesus is saying about what you need to get into heaven yeah. is you need to have a, a decent understanding, okay. and you need to put that into your life. Now, there's some people who think all you need is water; you get sort of physically baptized. Right and you're done, you know, you don't need necessarily to 
it doesn't contribute to your salvation the way you change your life. But Swedenborg right. would say, oh, no, it does make a big difference. So I can do that. Good. Know something, live by it. Okay. The, okay. But what, what's this? Uh, we're talking about the flesh is born from the what flesh. What is that little tag Spirit is born flesh? from the spirit. What's, yeah. what's the opposite of this rebirth? So this is Secrets of Heaven 9818. Flesh, however, means the human selfhood in which there is no spiritual life at all. Are you a human self? Oh. You have no spiritual life. So this is there. like your outer, outer self he's talking about, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's hard to have a quick conversation about what Swedenborg means by selfhood. Isn't that proprium? Is yes, that's proprium the in Latin. Latin. Yeah. Some older editions of the Swedenborg's writings just have leave the Latin word in because it's very hard <laughs> right. to give a, a, an easy equivalent for what it is. But what, what, is, what is selfhood? I, I would say it's your sense of autonomy or the appearance yeah. that you you live totally on your own. You know, there's, your thoughts are your own thoughts, your feelings are your own feelings. There's nothing flowing into you. There's not, nothing from God or heaven that, you know, it's, so right. it's that appearance of self-life, you might say. And it's interesting that he has that uh, always tied in, though, with what we would now call ego or... Um, right. Love of, he, he talks about love of self right. being the desire to put yourself above everyone above else. Above everybody. And, and wanting eminence and power. The, basically the, 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 the darkest part of the human heart, that is somehow tied up in this selfhood. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So what it's saying in that context there is if you're going from the truth, that's these spiritual principles, which, which is... I'm trying to think of which thought to finish first, but the truth, which is things like, I could come into this room right now and think, okay, well, I matter most because I am myself. And I, you like it a little bit colder in here, but I'm cold, so I'm going to turn this thermostat up. But the truth is that you are just as conscious as I am, even though to me it seems like I am the most conscious. You fill your own you, screen. I don't even know for sure that you are. Right. Th this, th this <laughs> the truth has this goodness in it versus uh, this, you know, insulated, uh, I, I'm the only thing that matters. So to be born of the flesh is if you're born out of that, that sense of I'm the most important thing in the universe, you're never going to be able to actually get to the state which we're trying oh. to get to, which is heaven, because heaven is feeling the joy of someone else as joy in yourself. Well, it I is like this that. communal life that we're in. So you're saying that which is born of the flesh is flesh. If you're coming from that point of view of, of self-centeredness, yeah. materialism, so on, that will just lead to more of the same. That, that will right. give you more of that. That by itself is not going to get you up to the next level. Whereas if you've got something spiritual, which is this love of the neighbor, yep. of truth that you're deploying in your life and everything, that, that has the power to yeah. change you. And this, I think we're going to get into this a little later in the show, but you can, you know, you can say, oh, I, I want to learn about w what's good and right, but just because you want people to think you're good. And then right. you're not actually, sure, you can do some good in the world, but you're not actually raising up into, into the heaven. Yeah, that's right. And so some people, as I say, have taken this to mean that what you, you know, because it's in the New Testament, so people think, oh, well, this means you have to have a Christian baptism to get into heaven. I mean, that's, you know, that's right. an idea that's out there. Sure. And I understand where they, where they get that from that scripture. But interestingly, Swedenborg says that, well, no, hang on. You know, these principles are, the Lord ensured that these are all over the place. They, yeah. Uh, he calls it divine truth. He, sometimes he calls it the word and so on. But they can be found in every kind of moral code, every religion. And so we have some examples right here of principles that are pretty universal. So you'd find these in different language, in different traditions, you know, don't, don't kill, don't betray a marriage covenant, don't steal possessions, don't lie or deceive, don't crave other people's possessions. Then don't use spiritual information to harm and control people, mm. treat others as you want to be treated, love God, love the neighbor, and variants on those. But you'd find these vitamins scattered throughout the breakfast cereals of the world. That's right. And the whole buffet has that in it. Yeah, doesn't matter what you what you eat. So it's about if you can have access to principles like that, which are directing you to resist what would be born of the flesh, and right. go after what's born of, of water and spirit. Mm. Taking any action on those, that's being born again. That's living by. That's the them okay. together. So that was a list of water right there. Yeah, like right. Exactly. Spiritual water. Right? Exactly. That, that's what you need. And the even, first step of it. Right. And then you need to practice that. 
even if you don't, let's say you don't have any sort of moral compass. Uh, Swedenborg does talk about people receiving instruction in the other life. So, do, you know, we don't need to get caught up in, ah, oh, what if somebody never got a chance? Oh, the whole right. system is designed to give you all the chances possible. All, all the possible chances. It sounds yeah. like after you die, I mean, the whole name of this show comes from Off the Left Eye, which is yeah. the idea that all this information is given to us after we die. Right. And any question you have will be yeah. answered even better than we do on this show, amazingly. Yeah. And um, so, uh, yeah, don't worry too much about people who don't know this stuff because you're going to get that in a timely fashion. You know, like you can still get there from here. That said, better to get started earlier. And we can be doing this spiritual rebirth, being born of the water and the spirit right now. And now that we've got uh, our mindset set, mm. let's give you three seeds uh, and see what, what this spiritual water can make sprout. So our first seed today has to do with why we need the process of spiritual Aren't we okay rebirth. the way we were born? You know, what's, yeah. what's wrong? Why this second act in the birthing process. This is from Secrets of Heaven 5280. We are born into sin. Oh, that's old time. <laughs> this was, get, yeah, this was like a little <laughs> too touchy-feely, new agey. Like, get me some... <laughs> Uh, what's that guy who the sinners in oh, the hands John of John Edwards or angry something. God? Yes, yeah, right. we want it. We want you to feel the flames in the pews. Okay, that's how we start. We are born into sin, which is accumulated in a long series by our parents, grandparents, and great grandparents, and becomes hereditary. Oh, you notice he doesn't say it comes from Adam or some original that's sin. That's right. It's more cumulative over time from yeah. your ancestors. But just just great grandpa Lester did it so that it passes on to the next generation. Every human born is born into all the inherited evil that is steadily grown in this way. Hmm. Think about you know, genetic predisposition to diseases. That could be thousands of generations in the making. Yeah, that's right. And then here you are. Some mutation and then it rolls yeah. down. And, and here you are stuck with, okay, I can't metabolize lactose or something like that. Right. Unless we are reborn, then we remain totally immersed in sin. So this, again, the, the spiritual equivalent to something that it has no moral component like what your diseases are or something. If we were to be reborn, okay, okay so we got the problem. We're totally immersed in, okay. we've got this weight that you're born under. This is the problem, the okay, before okay, picture. Okay. If we are to be reborn, we need to learn about goodness from the Word or from teachings based on the Word. And this knowledge of goodness from the Word or from teachings based on it is called religious truth. So you have, you know, rather than scientific truth. Right. This is you could have various kinds of truth. This is religious truth. And isn't it interesting that the truth is really about how to be a good person? That's right. Right. That's, yes. what, that's what the truth that's, is. That's the little tag on it. How do you, so scientific truth, you, well, I don't know how you would define that, but this right. is truth gained through observation using the scientific method that, and we probably would think using that term of, of something science-y, like this is doing something right. with geology or with botany. But religious truth is something that is, looks toward love of the neighbor. Right. That is religious truth. All religious truth wells up out of good and flows toward good because it, c it considers good to be the ultimate goal. That's, that's how you pick it out of a crowd. Okay. That's okay, because you can have a, a different, like a physical truth. Look, gravity works this way. Yeah. Okay. You can do good things with that. You can do bad things with that. Yep. A religious that's right. truth, that's an interesting, a religious truth is one that the ultimate goal of that uh, concept is the good of the human race. Is to benefit people, yeah. This is the first state and is called the state of reformation. Mm. Most people in the church are being introduced to this state from childhood through to early adulthood because they're learning concepts. You're learning concepts. But few are reborn. Uh-oh. Not a good success rate. Why? After all, most people in the church learn religious truth or knowledge about goodness. Nice this little gloss. This is how to live from whatever, whatever source or tradition with a view to reputation, and status and to monetary gain. That, huh. and this, and I don't know if this is still in. I mean, it's in certain parts of the world certain for sure. Parts. In in Swedenborg's day in Europe, 
being seen as a prominent person in the church or knowing the Bible well, you could really, would really be cool and powerful. It's worth a lot of money, even political power. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So that's right. If and this is like we were saying before, if you're if that's why you're doing it, religious truth's ultimate goal is good. But if the ultimate goal is that selfhood, me, which right. this is a good, this is a great way to, to summarize that selfhood, reputation, status, monetary gain. Isn't that to, good? Th- that's the point. You're learning this. That's what you want. It's not that that stuff is a means to an end. That's it. That's the that purpose. Is the goal. That's selfhood. So although mm. these drives introduce us to religious truth, we cannot be born anew or regenerate until they have been removed. Because that which is born of the flesh is flesh. You'll just get more flesh out of that. For the sake of their removal, then, we are brought into a state of trial, which is done in this way. Okay, trial being some kind of crisis of the spirit. Oh, yeah. And right. Maybe you've had a couple. Hell's crew, which likes to wallow in such passions, stirs them to life. So, again, I mentioned earlier, there's this, there's this hierarchy of consciousness. Mm. Hell and heaven are actually finding their resting place in us. That we are, just like here, you have to think about the products that I buy. Where are these made? Whose oh, lives right. do they affect? In what, what ingredients way? are what, really in there? And, and, and like, are, are they being made in sweatshops? And are they supporting some kind of... So, similarly... There, there are certain things that we can buy emotionally and that we support them and we use them yeah. and that, that feed the negative uh, mindset right. in the afterlife versus the puzzle. And so interestingly, mm. Hell's crew living in those passions stirs them to life. At the same time, though, angels stir up a desire for truth and goodness, which is instilled into us in states of innocence from childhood on. Oh, and then so they got ahead of the game. Right. Got that into you early. Saved in that up, uh, preserved for this purpose that they could see ahead of time. This is gonna, there's going to be a time when you know it's it's us or them, it's good or evil, and we're going to stock the larder with this stuff. A fight ensues between the evil spirits and angels, and as we experience it as a spiritual crisis or time of trial. So since the issue is over truth and goodness, so you can you can be feeling this thing inside you and you don't know what it's about, but yet. It's actually this clash between heaven and hell. Wow. That's what Swedenborg says, man. Yep. The truth that was instilled earlier is virtually banished by falsity that the evil spirits inject. And once banished, it is not visible. I was just reading a different passage where Swedenborg was saying, look, I know it doesn't seem like this, but I've seen the spiritual side of this. This is really happening, and you are just feeling it as, ugh. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, as we <laughs> allow ourselves to be reborn, the Lord instills into our earthly dimension the light shed by truth based on goodness sending it along an inner path. So it's still there. Yeah. And it can be activated, just like that gene expression we were talking about before. Turn, turn on, on the signal. Yeah, and good news for us when we feel like, it's, where's the hope? It's there. In that light, truth returns, arranged in its proper pattern. So Wow, truth comes back into its own. So it actually gets kind of destroyed and hurt yeah. for a while, but it also kind of comes back online because it's stored somewhere you yeah. can't get. You know, it's but th- this is a process. I mean, this is mm. how you grow spiritually. Just like the birth process, you know, it can, is, is painful and dramatic. Right. There's, the spiritual birth process doesn't happen without these sort of, sp- these are like, like a spiritual contraction. Yeah. So there's one seed. Yeah, okay. Well, the next one is about a secret way that God is helping us through this process. This is from Secrets of Heaven 5342. A secret way in Secrets of Heaven. Yes. And this is a, a pretty long quote, but he's, he's got something to say, doesn't he? Oh, oh dude, this is, this is uh, one of the best quotes I think ever. I like this quote. And it starts, I love the way it starts. Here's the secret. <laughs> I like that. Be, you know, buried you in the 5,000th number, but still. Are you ready to hear it? Yeah, okay, yeah okay. we're 5,300 numbers. Just in. hit me. Let's go. From infancy up to early adolescence, this is in us, in our own lives, the Lord is introducing us into heaven among the heavenly angels there. Some people sort of feel this or know it. Some people have no clue, but that's what's going on. They hold us in a state of innocence, which we stay in from the time we're babies until we turn adolescent, as everyone knows. You know, everyone knows about that innocence that that you have when you're younger. When adolescence starts, we gradually shed the state of innocence, but are still kept in a state of neighborly love through the feeling of love we share with our peers. Oh, come on, man. I never, f- I never read that before. 
And that's really interesting. If it? you think about what it is to progress from childhood into, and we don't, I don't know exactly what age he's talking right. about with adolescence. It could be nine or eight or something like that. Right. Um, but when you're a kid, what's the joy of life? When you're a little kid, when I think back to what's joyful, it's, it's like siblings and things, but it's also just like the color of the leaves in the fall. And I saw a turtle and, you know, you just see this. And then the idea that it does move into this feeling when you're getting older, that your friends are like the center of your world. It becomes so much about your your yeah. group and, and yeah. who's in, who's out, and all this drama and everything. But even even like on the positive side of that, like I remember how much fun you can have when you, you have your good friends there and you're oh. doing something that you really love. It's and just the, the love you feel yeah. for your friends is, is intense. And so thinking really of interesting. Uh, thinking of that, okay, and I, that, that's another. Why was that? Why? Why do these people suddenly have this outsized mm. importance to you? But is it, is this is the different ways God is keeping us in these different it's phases a of heaven. Because when you're a kid, it's like everything's heaven, you know. But but at least now we can find pockets of that in 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 love. So anyway, yeah, very interesting. That's awesome. In many of us, this state lasts till adulthood, and during it, we are among spiritual. Angels. So step down, but I mean, very interesting, but still a really good place. Well, and not even down, but sideways. Yeah. Sure. Afterward, we'd start to think for ourselves. You know, basically, you're following whatever, or you. This is what you were taught, yeah. or this is what the group thinks, or something. But we start to think for ourselves and to act on such thoughts, with the result that we can no longer be kept in neighborly love, as before. <laughs> interesting, because we've yeah. gained some independence. Like now, we think for ourselves. Right. We then summon our inherited evil and allow it to lead us. I'm trying to picture it, that it, phone call it, of yeah. like... <laughs> like I, I've got, I got my own place, my own car now. Yeah, you right. Can, I can do whatever I want. Do you want, do you want to come and over and run my life? Maybe this is not the track for everyone, but let's keep going. When this state arrives, the good impulses of neighborly love and innocence that we had previously welcomed are abolished by degrees, like bit by bit, mm-hmm. as we contemplate evil and solidify it with action. This is the flip side of the coin we yeah. were talking about earlier. Yeah where you, you think about it or you have an idea, and then when you do it, that kind of solidifies it, okay? They are not really abolished, though. He's talking about the innocence, the love of the neighbor, those other good things that were there before. Instead, the Lord draws them up toward our inner depths and stores them away there. At that point, we do not yet know truth, so the innocent and charitable goodness we had adopted in the first two stages has not yet developed a character. It's inter- they're sort of yeah. like raw material or something. Right. After all, truth gives goodness its quality, and goodness gives truth its being. That's deep, and we can't go there right now. But no. From that age on, the instruction we receive, and more especially our own thinking and resultant convictions, instill truth in us. Now you're kind of on your own, yeah. and you're learning and, and absorbing information. The more we then desire goodness, the more the Lord unites truth with goodness in us and stores it up for our use. Again, you go through the storage process. So this is why we wanted to lay this whole quote out because it's got the entire histogram of what you go through in your life. Such truth linked with goodness is what is properly called a remnant. This is a biblical term for something that's stored up inside us. Consequently, the more we allow ourselves to be reborn, interesting phrase there, you've kind of got the controls. Yeah. You can say yes or, oh, going a little too fast, you know, do it at your comfort level and everything. But the more we allow ourselves to be reborn, the more our remnant, that remnant of those child states of heaven and loving our neighbor and so on, serves its purpose. Because to that extent, the Lord brings some of the remnant out of storage and reintroduces it into our earthly level to create a correspondence between our outer and inner planes to get them in harmony, or earthly and spiritual planes. And if any of you, before you give the punchline, <laughs> I just want to cut you off there. Yes. If anyone is like, oh, this is getting a little boring. There's so much to this, like this term to this thing. How would you feel if you were hearing a biology textbook read to you about the process of birth? There has to be. There's a lot of pieces to it. And this is, a, and I'm sure, right. a drastic summary as well. A drastic summary. That's the way things are. Yeah. Yeah, okay, sorry. And this is about not just being born, but this yeah. is about being born again, you know, yeah. making heaven and all that. So okay. pretty important information. So, or earthly or spiritual planes. So he does his drum roll, you hear the symbols, and he says that. 
is the secret. Okay, now you know. You can't say you don't know. Yeah, right. That's the secret. No one can be accepted and welcomed into heaven. This gets back to our theme. It was all about yep. who can enter heaven and all that stuff. No one can be accepted and welcomed into heaven without receiving spiritual life. Okay. No one can receive spiritual life without being regenerated. Okay. That's why Jesus was talking about being reborn. And no one can be regenerated except through goodness in life united with truth in doctrine. And doctrine just means teaching of any different kind. Right. That is how we obtain spiritual life. The Lord explicitly says in John, here we go, that no one can go to heaven without receiving spiritual life through rebirth. Here's the quote, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew, one cannot see God's kingdom, John 3, 3. And right afterward, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one has been born of water and spirit, one cannot enter God's kingdom, John 3, 5. The water, in case we need a little summary, yeah. is truth in doctrine and the spirit is goodness in life. Wow, that was quite a little yeah. sermonette. You got on a riff there. Yeah, but again, stakes are high. And this That's is right. showing you how this is tied to this process that you're, is being laid out and worked on throughout mm. your entire life. It just if you look at the development of an embryo, he covered the whole thing in there. Yeah. If you if you there's like, oh well you've got this little cluster of cells and these ones will eventually be the brain and these ones will eventually be the heart, even though you you'd never guess it from where it is there. So it is with the states of life we go through. That this the, some you know, you're a little kid and you're playing some super cute mm. little game and doing some super cute little thing and you think that's so cute what's going that is the future angel, like that, that yeah. is giving you that state of mind that's going to be called on in hard times, whether you remember that particular moment or something related mm. to it or, or whatever, that is making you into an angel. So that's mm. good. That's really good. Okay, one last shorter quote about rebirth, and this is again from Secrets of Heaven. Anyone who is conceived anew re-enters the womb, so to speak, while one who is born anew comes out of the womb again. So there's phases there. What is conceived in and born from the womb is not the person per se, but faith that comes of neighborly love. This kind of faith is what creates spirituality in a person and therefore creates the actual person anew because the spiritual dimension is then the source of the person's life. Oh, I like that feeling that it kind of takes over your life this under is new management. Right, right, right. right. right that's so what new makes ownership, it reborn. come right. back even if you didn't like it before. And this goes right back to our ice breaker question of, when, oh, right. when, what made you spiritual? This is saying oh, this right. creates spirituality in a person. Mm. The Lord is called our maker and the one who forms us from the womb, see Isaiah 44, 2, because he regenerates us and turns us from earthly beings into spiritual ones. He's the one who forms us yeah. from the womb. It yeah. does you a solid there. Mm. That is a lot of awesome ideas. Yeah, But right. it's a lot of them. So lot. let's take a moment to let those... Uh, we've got the truth side. Let's let those settle into our emotions. You know, get your heart involved in it. We're going to do that right now through our Correspondences Meditation. We're going to be looking here at water and spirit. And by that, we're going to be seeing water and living organisms. So think uh -huh. as we're looking here, uh, okay. the water is the information right, right. That, that's offering guidance, and then the living beings are that that put into action. We've they're, been seeing doing this something with it. duality. So as you see these many different ways this is happening, just see what, you don't got to think too hard about it. Just see what, what kind of feelings you get, what kind of insights you get. You know, it, let the Lord talk to, talk to the heart, uh, you know, th instead of just the mind. So here we go.
So, isn't it cool to see these things that are so distinct from each other, but having these important interactions and to think, oh, they both have their roles that they're playing. Mm. And there's something just satisfying about that interaction and just knowing that that's the correspondence with this thing we've got to go through. Right, so yeah. see, seeing how that, cool. hopefully that felt cool for you, feel free to write it in the comments what, what that brought up for you. And now that we've gone through our content here, I'd love to sort of hit that back. What is the takeaway that you see from this, uh, this whole thing? I guess, I guess the takeaway to me is that um, although some people have looked at that New Testament passage to mean you have to get a Christian baptism to get into heaven. That's right. what the water right. means there. And the Spirit will just come to you through that baptism uh, or something. Swedenborg makes it more universal. He's, he's totally into Christianity and everything, but, yeah. but he makes it more universal in the sense that that water is any kind of uh, higher truth, any kind of revelation you know, from heaven. Uh, and if you follow that in whatever tradition you're part of, you know, if you're living by that, uh, that's what you need, uh, which is interestingly counter to the idea of faith alone, like you only have to believe, you know. He's saying, no, no, you've got to, the water and the Spirit means you've got to know it, but you also have to live by it. And uh, it's fascinating that we have to live this life at all. And why? What's the story? What's it doing? Yeah, what the idea doing? that there's this, this whole time, through all this stuff that seems like meaningless tribulations, there's this spiritual birth process happening. That's not so bad, right? That's something. It meant something. Okay, speaking of things like trials and tribulations that we just have to go through, <laughs> it's now time for the elevator pitch. This particular tribulation that Jonathan and I will go through now has to do with us trying to think up good things to say uh, on the fly with no preparation. And uh, you're going to be the ones putting us through it. So you're going to be stirring up that, that in us. Uh, the, the, hopefully by now you've already got your topics in. And so we are going to now s play the whole thing out in a segment we call... We call... See, it's a tribulation even to get that thing rolling in this segment. Okay. No, we love it. We love it. We're having so much fun. You want to go first? I'm, I'm willing to go first. Okay, great. So what's going to happen Walt is... might be a bit strong, but... Yeah, we're, we're going to... Uh, we just both stepped on an elevator. He has one minute to... Uh, one minute. ...to pitch me on what is this, whatever is about to appear here, and why is it important. <coughs> so let's see what you thought of okay. first. Oh. Explain a correspondence. Mm. Okay, M. Tarkini. Okay. Okay so, we're we're right. okay, so we just both walked into an elevator and I'm going to okay. say, hey, aren't you the guy from that uh, YouTube show that, that uh, nobody watches? Um, <laughs> can, you, <laughs> can you please explain, like, what's a correspondence? All and right. I'm glad you asked. You know how in poetry, in movies, in all kinds of different things, there's been this idea of symbolism? We have a lot of symbolism just in the way that we talk. People say, I see, but they don't literally mean I physically see it with my eyes. It's like, oh, my mind comprehends what you're, what you're saying. Or if someone says something, you say, that's dark. Well, it's not darker than anything else in the room. But it's like, it, it, on a more metaphorical meaning, it's dark. One of Swedenborg's amazing thoughts is that there's this whole outer world and this whole inner world, and they're completely separate. They're two entirely separate worlds. Uh, that heaven is not up in the sky or something. But the thing that unites them is that they correspond to each other. So love corresponds to your physical heart, you know, that kind of thing, or, or thought to the, to the mind or the brain. And, and um, so knowing about correspondence is important because... Oh, keep going. No, I want to go, <laughs> break the rules. I want to hear you. <laughs> because this is the language of reality. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a good last line. <laughs> this is the I language had an extra second of reality. I, I cheated. This is the language of okay. That's it. No, that's it. <laughs> this, cor what's correspondence? It's the language of reality. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's do it again. Let's uh, see. Okay, spirals. Okay, so let's do the uh, three, two, one. <laughs> spirals are 
Everybody knows that there are spirals. What are you asking me about that for? I will give you something more on spirals, because that's okay. what Swedenborg does. Is you have something that appears all around all the time, and you think this is just something, but there's more to it. The spiral is not just something you can look at that's pretty and pleasing to the eye. It is a little map, a correspondential map, of the journey that you and I and everyone are on. You think about, think about the hard stuff that you've been through. Think about the, the times when it seemed dark and depressing, and then it seemed light and hopeful and happy, but now it's back. Am I making any progress? It's dark and depressing again. These same things keep recurring. It's bad. Oh, I'm just going in circles. I'm just going in circles. You're not. You're going in spirals. Mm. And if you suffer yourself at all, to be led by the impulse towards love and truth, you are spiraling upward, that the Lord is pulling you. Think about what a spiral is. It's moving around and, the, and it's going up, but always toward a center. You're always being pulled in, every rotation a little closer. The center, the center's loving God. <laughs> Man, this, was a, this is a quick <laughs> uh, somebody fixed clock the elevator this time. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, so, of course, see our episode, Spirals of the Spirit, for much more about mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Good questions. That was great. Great elevator pitch topic. Exactly what we're talking about. And uh, now we want to hear exactly what you're talking about because we're going to go do our ice melter where we, we hear what you had to say to the icebreaker question in the beginning. Mm. But before we get there, how, do you, how did a program like this come to be? I mean, who, who funds this stuff? You all do. Oh. So we want to take a minute to thank you for your support and ask for you to support us and, and make this kind of independent spiritual programming possible. Please consider joining our community of sustaining supporters by going to otle.causevox.com and setting up a recurring monthly donation at a value of your choice. Any amount helps. Our sustaining supporters are the backbone of what we do at Off the Left Eye and allow us to continue to create high-quality programming that nourishes thousands every week around the globe. Your help makes a difference. Okay. Let's uh, move now into our ice melter. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hard to get from the donation video into the ice, yeah. ice melter. Bit of a that, the, you know, it just seems like, oh, we always have trouble getting through that transition. Are we just going in circles? No. It's getting better every time. Okay, so <laughs> now it's a spiral. We are going to, the, the question that we were posed in the beginning, back when we didn't know anything, we didn't know oh. anything, we didn't know how this related to water and the spirit, is there a particular concept or practice that has helped bring you into a more spiritual phase of life? Oh, I can't wait to hear what people have to say. What's working for you guys? We would love to poach that off of you and use it for ourselves. So here's what you all had to say. Watching your show, reading SB books. Oh, yeah. Confessing sins. Mm. Definitely. Saying the Lord's Prayer every night and as often as I could. Repetition. Constant self-reflection. There is sort of a theme of ongoing in here, isn't it? Gnosticism, Gospel of Thomas. There you go. Taking time morning and evening to meditate and devotional reading. It leads me to eventually have a growing feeling of God's love in my heart. A real gift. Mm. Being in nature and having more time in this phase of my life to appreciate stillness. Asking if the thoughts and feelings I am entertaining are hellish or heavenly. Being aware gives me an obvious choice to make. Awesome. Mm. I look for people's good actions around me. Smiles and greetings from strangers, random kind actions from strangers, and happy coincidence. That reminds me the blessing from God flowed to me, and it's my choice to accept them, amplify them, and deliver to others. Meditation and prayer helps me to be in a more spiritual state. Yep. Taking some time to be quiet and moving away from religion and moving towards spirituality instead. I have much more joy now. The particular concept that has promoted my spiritual life is the knowledge that our souls are immortal and that we continue to live after physical death. Mm. I've known this since childhood. And you can sometimes pick out like when you're in the throes of a moment, like, okay, this is a nothing compared to the whole yeah, thing. Right. Meditation, coloring mandalas, musical improvisation, reading, talking to my angels. Mm. Consciously focusing on breath. And Quite a range there. You have everything from concepts to actions, and but, but always right. there's something behind it. You're focusing on breath because you know this is a way to reach stillness. It's always this marriage, even if one is leading or the other. Yeah. So that's great. Nice, thank you. Thanks everybody for uh, 
filling us, giving us your secret methods. And now we're going to be so spiritual because we can take all of yours and <laughs> do them. We're going to be the most spiritual people ever. Uh, as long as we put them into practice. Yeah, right, right, right. Appreciate it. Uh, hey, if you want to put something else into practice, like and subscribe. I know we said it at the beginning, but it means something to us. Just do the little clicky kind of things that, that support this show. Uh, that, that is how the internet knows things are good. So we You might be surprised how much that, that helps. Really share this. Help. I mean, you know, if, if you don't mind losing all your friends on, on Instagram or whatever, you can't share a video <laughs> on Instagram, I'm pretty sure. How would I know? Uh, but <laughs> pass it along. See if anybody uh, else could benefit from it. And uh, we are going to, because you guys do, do actually do support us and even watching is a major support we're going to keep doing it and we are going to actually have a lot of cool stuff coming up this very week we have news from heaven which is our show where we dig deep uh highlighter in hand into mm -hmm. this you know take these drawn out swedenborg thoughts you saw today some of how, how cool it is to see points back to back and how you get from one into the other news from heaven is mm. like let's draw out from what was just words things we can put into action. So we're going to have on Thursday, love is your life. How does that go from like a Hallmark card into this is a reality that you could practice? And on Saturday, we're going to look at how to live a spiritual life, which is, nice. you know, you're going to hear stuff that, that goes with what we're going here, but it's a whole new take, a whole new quote. So that's going to be cool. Mm. Also, we polled you guys, as we do, about what do you guys want for short clips? And look at this, like a landslide victory for what does the veil between worlds uh, uh, exist. Consist uh, of. Consist of, yeah. right. right. Um, people want to know what that's made out of? Okay, fine. And then, is it normal to ascend to a heavenly mindset and then decline too? You'll see in a second. 20% of you said that. So on Wednesday, we're going to have a short clip called What Does the Veil Between Worlds Consist Of? And then on Friday, is it normal to ascend to a heavenly mindset and then decline to a hellish one? Oh. Kind of like the spiral thing. Is mm. it a sign that something is drastically wrong, or mm. that the earlier, what we felt like was, this feels like heaven. You know, you know that you get in some kind of, not just a good mood because things are going right, but like, I see life differently. Is it like, okay, well that wasn't anything because it's gone now. Important question. Yeah, and so then next Monday, we'll be answering your questions with a vengeance on our show. Good question, where the whole time you show up and we take, we, whatever's on your mind, becomes what's on our mind, and we talk through that, which is going to be super fun. And the following Monday, the conclusion to our series on what happens immediately after you die, what happens to celebrities in the afterlife? Mm. Yes, Swedenborg did talk to some celebrities. And this is, goes beyond gossip, because what, what's cool about it is what celebrities provide, well-known people, is that people know of their life and who they were on this side. Yeah. So to be able to study what happens what to happens? this story that we already know in the afterlife. How'd that turn out? That gives us a model for, mm. okay, what might apply to me and what might apply to the whole human race. So yeah, we are going to dive into that following Monday. So that's going to be really fun. Everybody, I want to say thanks so much for hanging out. Thank you, Jonathan Rose. That was fun, Curtis. Yeah, man, that was yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool to get to dig into that. Hopefully, next time you see water, you think a little bit about the amazing process that's going on right now that's going to lead to, you think about life uh, you know, in the womb. It's great, right? You have, you have what you need, but you can't see anything. You don't really know that you exist. You're pretty much asleep. And you think about that versus like this amazing existence coming that we're in life. now. So we're going to go through something just as awesome as that mm. coming right up when we get into this spiritual life. It's like suddenly my eyes are open when they were closed before. So worth it, man. And, and water is a reminder of what leads us into that and sustains us. So may that uh, be with you this week and we'll see you very soon. Swedenborg and Life Live is Curtis Childs, host and showrunner with co-host Jonathan Rose. Live stream tech and graphics by Stuart Farmer and Matthew Childs. Show writing and chat moderation by Karin Childs and Chelsea Odner. <laughs>